Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the very first live Real Vision Crypto Unwrapped, a new show in which we cut through the noise and hype to unwrap developments and their real meaning, leaving you with actionable insights and takeaways for investing in crypto, Web3, and beyond. I'm Leslie Lamb, CMO of CoinFlex. With me here today are Real Vision Global Markets Editor Weston Nakamura and Executive Producer Nico Bruga. Please send us your questions throughout the show. We would love to hear from you. Weston, let's start with a rundown on the crypto markets. What do you have for us today? Hey, Leslie. Uh, sure. So just uh, kind of broad-based um, price action in the wake of the Terra Luna crash. Uh, so heading into you know last weekend's DPEG and the ensuing volatility, we saw BTC spot down as much as 30% to its lows um, in about you know one week time frame. Uh, Ethereum about 40% down uh, at that point. But since then, both Spot BTC and uh, Ethereum have recovered about 5%, which is actually more or less in line with the NASDAQ index futures returns of about 4% uh, right now. So uh, there has been, you know, somewhat of a recovery or stabilization as we'll, you know, we'll say not full recovery. Uh, Tether has shed another 1 billion in market cap, uh, falling to about 74 billion last 24 hours. Um, and again, this is following the collapse of Luna. Um, so here's a soundbite um, from an upcoming interview with our very own Ash uh, Bennington that he did with Francis Hunt, the crypto sniper, um, discussing if we've hit bottom for BDC. My suspicion is that there's going to be more juice in the jar than people have thought in the notion that, OK, this is all over bottom pick. It's likely to be too soon. There is, in most instances, that people want to do uh, bottom picking because you've stopped going down. You usually get a real final leg of pain. And you can watch the full interview on Thursday on Real Vision Crypto. But let's turn to the uh, main story of today, the Terra fallout. Nico, what do you have for us? It's been quite a week. Um, uh, so we've learned a, a bit more uh, over the last uh, seven or so days. Um, Turns out Terra's uh, Bitcoin sell-off, um, they sold off roughly 80,000 Bitcoins and have roughly 300 left. Um, there was initial shock to the price of Bitcoin, but it eventually rebounded to the 30K level. Um, this was something that Bitcoin maxis are definitely uh, championing as um, part of the uh, true nature of uh, Bitcoin. Uh, in terms of regulation, uh, there's reports that South Korea is uh, reportedly starting an investigation into what went on with Terra and Luna. And amidst all of that, Duquan is still trying to see how Luna can be relaunched. Um, Vitalik, CZ, and several other luminaries of the crypto space um, are supporting a FDC style or FDIC style reimbursement of funds. Um, to the Terra and Luna holders, um, with reports uh, discussing that they could be reimbursed up to 250000 um, But that's still uh, in the works and a lot more coming on that. Uh, and then, you know, emotions have obviously been running high, as we've seen on uh, Twitter and in news reports. There was a report yesterday 
that someone actually tried to break into Du Quan's house. Um, very, very concerning. But uh, Weston, back to you. Um, what's going on with Bitcoin in your eyes? Yeah, so um, the way that I'm kind of just looking at price action. So there's basically there's two broad narratives behind the price action of crypto. Um, and therefore, I'm just going to use Bitcoin as, as a proxy for um, for price action. But so one of them is focused on the volatility spill out from within the crypto community, um, you know, regarding the DPEG. Um, and then the other broader one is the notion that uh, Bitcoin and the Nasdaq uh, are ever more uh, intertwined and highly correlated. And so what I'm trying to do is to to look at, you know, all of that and figure out which, you know, is is really driving the price. So um, if you actually look at these charts, so um, this first chart that I have, um, that's basically spot BTC and Eurodollar DEC 22 futures. What that means is those are Fed rate hike um, projections by the market. Um, and the lower that that red line goes, the more Fed rate hikes are being priced in. The more that goes up, the more they're being priced out. You can see after the May uh, FOMC, you'll see um, the you know some some rate hikes getting priced out, but you'll still see BTC drop. Um, and it's very interesting that right th at that point, those are no longer moving directionally together; they're actually moving inverse. So that's obviously not really you know a, a particularly good driver. The second chart that I have, um, this is simply what I just discussed before. This is BTC spot versus NASDAQ futures. They are basically moving pretty much in lockstep. Um, and so the question is, therefore, you know, what's moving the NASDAQ or equities uh, as a whole? And then so the third chart, it's basically the same thing. And I've overlaid uh, USDCNH, um, that's the dollar versus uh, the Chinese uh, yuan. Uh, offshore, and I've put it in inverse USDCNH so that when the black line's going down, that's the yuan getting weaker and vice versa. And that is the current driver of risk, uh, you know, uh, risk assets uh, as a whole, and therefore um, of BTC. So although the timing is coinciding uh, with this, you know, kind of idiosyncratic crypto um, event, which is by no means a, a non-event, uh, there are all other broader forces at play uh, as well. And so we need to just keep in mind that there is never one single driver, especially when it comes to, you know, global asset classes, uh, especially something like Bitcoin. And currently, this uh, the Chinese yuan needs to be paid attention to very carefully as well. Absolutely. And going back to what you were talking about, Nico, earlier, right, regarding this uh, Terra Luna fallout, I think a very big question that's top of mind for, you know, investors and traders right now is which stablecoin should I be looking to now? Um, you know, there's a big question on whether uh, investors are changing their stablecoin preference from, say, a USDT to USDC or BUSD. Um, but really, this is something that we have to kind of hone in on, which is, do stablecoins satisfy this trifecta of factors? The first one being stability, right? The de-pegging risk of the stablecoin. The second one being transparency into the riskiness of collateral assets backing the stablecoin. And the third point being redeemability, right? The liquidity risk under market stress. And this is something that, you know, the regulators are also you know, honing in on right now as well with Hester Pierce uh, saying that the SEC could develop stricter rules around stablecoins uh, due to this UST crash. And, you know, we, we can't forget that earlier uh, last last month or, or two months ago that Senator Pat Toomey actually sent out 
a discussion draft on stablecoins called the Trust Act, where he encouraged the administration to take a really hard look at stablecoin regulation um, and Congress's responsibility to outline these broad parameters around this, uh, this this market. And so what's very interesting here is that this Trust Act uh, regulates the payment or would regulate the payment stablecoin category. And the question is, do stablecoins or so-called stablecoins like UST fall under these regulatory parameters? Um, with recent um, news out of you know the U.S. Treasury with Secretary Janet Yellen uh, calling uh, during the Senate banking panel for more appropriate regulatory framework uh, by year end, you know there is deeper concerns that. If this market were to expand much larger than it currently is now, that there's no comprehensive standard uh, for governing the risks of stablecoins as a payment product. And that with significant potential risks to financial stability, that now is a time to put legislation into work uh, that should have what she calls federal prudential uh, terms around it. And so one thing that was really interesting that she mentioned was uh, referencing this report, which is the Financial System Vulnerability Assessment. And really what uh, she highlighted was, you know, these stable coins, <clears throat> one of the main things that we have to understand is, uh, you know, how, how redeemable are these stable coins uh, during market stress? Right. Uh, we saw for USDT, for example, they saw large redemptions. Um, but at the end of the day, the peg is still holding um, and they were able to process those redemptions. And so these are just some of the factors that from a regulatory perspective, um, we should be looking to um, as we you know, kind of assess the attributes and risks of different stable coins. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So right now, uh, let's go to one of our user questions. This is from our Pro Crypto Tears Discord community. Um, this person is asking, can crypto bounce back from the current bear market, uh, but also the Luna situation? Can the whole ecosystem absorb this kind of meltdown? Are there any large institutions that you see being vulnerable right now? What kind of risks are we looking to over the next few years? Uh, Nico, give us your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's um, quote unquote scary times. Things are down. Um, thankfully, you know, it's been trading sideways for the last couple of days. But um, I think that, you know, the crypto space has seen things like this before and it's always bound ba bounced back. I think, like um, Leslie, you, Jessica, and Ash discussed last week, this might ultimately. Um, create um, great, a greater foundation for crypto overall. Um, these type of stress tests are only good for free markets. So, you know, definitely still bullish in the long run, but we might be in for some pain over the coming months. Uh, Weston, anything you wanted to add on that? Yeah, just to um, follow, follow up with what you just said, you know, Raul always talks about this is what, you know, we have to keep in mind, this is what a 70 vol asset looks like. 
I just want to say more broadly, this is what free markets look like as well. You know, this is what a market looks like when you don't have a central bank coming in with a safety net every single time that there's volatility. Volatility is this. This is, you know, I mean, it's it's pain in the short term, but it is. Would you rather have, uh, you know, a, a chair Powell come out and, you know, pick and choose winners and throw nets under markets and create an artificial like that's not the reason for the defeats of full purpose uh, of this entire space. So um, we can just keep, you know, need to keep that in mind during the bad times that this is what we all signed up for. And ultimately, is a, you know, it is a good thing that these markets are still relatively free. And Weston, there's actually another um, user question as well. This on price action, uh, this person would love to get your take on the ETH and BTC performance and whether we're going to see it weakening or strengthening, uh, see that price performance weakening or strengthening over the next months and year. Um, so the way that it, so I you know I, earlier I showed the um, the price charts that really is you really have to keep an eye on the uh, the Chinese yuan versus the USD um, and versus the Japanese yen as well because it's weakened significantly and that's really been dragging down risk assets a whole. Um, B, uh, so BTC and ETH are both very still highly correlated to risk assets. So your view on those are going to be your view on whether or not you think that this is bottom for NASDAQ um, and for risk assets. Uh, what I will say, however, too, though, is that, um, you know, where if you look at like BITO, the ETF, for example, um, the, the futures back ETF, um, you know, you start to break through like levels where, you know, a lot of the, the longs that got long, they're, they're now down, you know, well, well over 20% from like if you bought it, uh, at its, you know, um, you know, debut and all that back in October, and you see a lot of futures-driven uh, selling too. Um, you saw futures-driven selling at, you know, futures open uh, after this weekend. So you have to really keep a price uh, or keep a, a very close eye on things like the listed derivatives market uh, in um, in BTC and all that, not just strictly the spot prices uh, in and of themselves. Thanks for that, Weston. Now, we'd like to wrap up the show here with a section on talking about what we don't have time to talk about, uh, but you need to know. So, Weston, what's your top line story here? Yeah, what I was looking at was um, Miami coin crash. Um, so, Quartz reported um, earlier this week. This Miami coin is a cryptocurrency is created by um, Delaware-based city coins, but uh, it's endorsed by Miami's uh, mayor, Francis uh, Suarez. Um, and it's crashed about 95% from, uh, I believe it's September peak. And so that kind of has some awkward questions for the city that's been very, you know, embracing of uh, crypto and Bitcoin. Note that Mayor Suarez has been on Real Vision with uh, Rel Pal before. Uh, but Leslie, what's uh, what are you looking at? So my story is on Bitcoin mining and whether that's back in China. So despite the ban of mining activity in the country from June 2021, uh, the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance, which does a lot of coverage uh, on all parts of the crypto ecosystem, but particularly crypto mining, uh, recently reported that the country has been seeing a resurgence of underground mining activities. This is very interesting uh, over the last few months from access to off-grid electricity and smaller scale operations. Uh, I believe China is taking the number two spot right now in terms of hash rate activity uh, across Bitcoin mining. So uh, it'll be interesting to dive deeper into that at another point in the future. Um, but uh, interesting that China has resurged as a hub. Onwards to you, Nico. What's your story of the day? 
Um, so yesterday, uh, 32 central banks and uh, 12 financial authorities from uh, 44 countries met in El Salvador to discuss the future of financial institutions, banking the unbanked, Bitcoin and crypto. Obviously, we've seen a lot um, go on with El Salvador and their adoption of Bitcoin. So definitely something to keep an eye on to see how um, other countries might ultimately take El Salvador's playbook and run with it. Uh, back to you, Leslie. So that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us on the first Real Vision Crypto Unwrapped. Subscribe for free to Real Vision Crypto for more analysis on the markets. See you next week. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to Real Vision Crypto. For more great crypto content like this, head over to realvision.com forward slash crypto and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.